You know, I keep hearing um, all over the news and the people that I talk to that we're in this new normal, that things are changed and things are forever changed, like wearing masks. You know, before you would hardly ever see people wearing masks, but now you see it quite often. In fact, masks have kind of become like even like a fashion statement or like a fashion accessory, uh, depending on the type of mask that you wear and what you style it with. And there's all these new normals popping up. Like one thing that I've experienced is that people don't shake hands anymore. You know, the other day for Mother's Day, when we were preparing to give out gifts to the moms, uh, I was with Sai and we were kind of packing things up. And for a moment, his hand grazed my hand. And like both of us were kind of taken aback for a moment because that was the first time that I had touched someone else's hand who wasn't a member of my own family because shake, not shaking hands has become the new normal. And we're all experiencing the different things. I know as students, you guys, your new normal is digital learning. And I've been reading all kinds of funny stories, and I'm sure they're not funny to you, but they're funny to me, of students who are taking exams, but like the exams aren't like formatted correctly. So even if you get the right answer, if you didn't type it exactly the way the teacher typed it, you got it wrong. And that's kind of like this age of digital learning that we're in. It's a new normal that we're all experiencing. But I think a lot of the times this new normal, it's the fact that it's not so much that everything has changed, but the lens in which we view the world has changed. What I mean by that is the mask wearing, the, the digital um, classrooms, the lack of handshakes. It's because we're now viewing life through the lens of COVID-19. All of our interactions, all of our actions, they're all through this very specific lens. And it's almost shaping the way that we view reality. And to a certain degree, rightfully so. Our reality has been changed by this coronavirus. But is there another lens that we should be using to redefine what normal is? That maybe in this season where things are changing, things are shifting, and things are being stripped away, as believers and as Christians, this is our time for God to redefine what normal is for us. Maybe we've been viewing reality with a skewed filter. We've been looking at things the wrong way. And maybe this is our time to readjust. When thinking about old normal and new normal, I'm reminded of a man named Saul. And we see a bit of his story in Acts chapter 9. And we're going to kind of go through each little section of this narrative. Acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 9. So if you just turn to your Bibles there and just leave it open because we're just going to be breaking it down verse by verse together. Because the story of Saul in Acts 9, it shows the shift from a man who had a normal and then experienced a new normal because his lens was changed. His lens shifted from the way he viewed things to the way God views things. And his reality was forever changed. And I think for us, we need a reality change. A reality change that doesn't come from a virus, but a reality change that comes from God. And so let's start at verse 1 together. All right? All right. 
Verse 1 reads, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Here we see our main character. His name is Saul. And this is not the first time he's been introduced to us. In fact, during the stoning of Stephen, the first Christian martyr, he was there overseeing that execution. We are told that Saul was a man from Tarsus and he grew up in traditional Jewish customs. He was a Pharisee, a teacher of the law. In fact, Saul was a man who was held in high regard. By his culture and his people, he looked at, they looked at him and they saw a man who was doing everything right. In many ways, he was the normal that the people of the time would have looked up to. I was reading, I was scrolling through the internet and I found this guy, I can't remember his name, but he's a Korean guy and he was a Navy SEAL and he's also a doctor, and he's also an astronaut. Did you just hear me? A Navy SEAL, a doctor, and an astronaut. That is every Korean mom's dream. <laughs> it's because of guys like that, the rest of us look bad. But that's like the ultimate standard for a Korean parent's desire for a Korean child, right? Like, could you imagine if that was you? Like every mukjang, your mom and dad would be talking about you. Every dinner, your mom and dad would be talking about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh your, kid, uh, your kid's a dentist? Well, mine's an astronaut Navy SEAL doctor. Beat that, right? Like he's the standard. I remember seeing this guy. I was like, man, what if I was a Navy SEAL doctor astronaut? Like wouldn't that be such a cool thing to be? Such a proud thing to be? What if that was my normal? That's like Saul in his time. The best of the best and the cream of the crop. He was the, the prototype for what people would look after. And don't we all have people like that in our lives? People we follow on Instagram and social media. People whose TikTok videos we're trying to uh, imitate. People in our lives and people outside of our lives. We look at celebrities, famous people, and even people that we know and say, if I could just be like that. I wish I could look like that. I wish I could have that. I wish I could act like that. I wish I could be as cool as that. I wish I could be as popular as that. If only I had that, only if that was my normal, then my life would be so much better. And that's the lens in which we view ourselves and the lens in which we view our, our lives. What we're involved in, what we do, what we care about, it's characterized by this lens of normal that we have put on for ourselves. I mean, think about who that person is for you. That person, you're like, if I could just, who is that? Is that the normal that you are striving after? Saul, that he was that normal. Everyone in that culture would have looked at him and said, man, that's the guy. I'm pretty sure if Instagram was around back then, he would have over 100,000 followers easily. And yet, that's not how he's characterized 
in Acts chapter 9. See, everything I just said, those are facts about Saul, undeniable. But look at how the Word of God describes Saul. It describes him as a man who was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Now, in the Greek, it's not breathing out, but it's actually breathing in. It's just that expression doesn't make sense in an English context. But the reason why in Greek it says breathing in, it's to show that Saul's aura, his essence, like what he was about was murderous threats. This was the lens in which he viewed the Christian world. Those who were believers, he was bent on making their lives a living hell. His goal was to track down those who confessed in the name of Jesus and bring them to justice, to bring them to prison. This is what was considered a respectable thing for him to do, to persecute those who followed the way. Now, the way is, in the book of Acts, the way is what they used to call Christianity, which I think that's pretty cool. Maybe we should try bringing it back, you know? Like, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a follower of the way. Like, that'd be really cool. But also, honestly, it kind of sounds a little cultish now that we're in 2020. Let's ignore that for a second. But he would persecute those who were following the way. He was hostile towards Christ and those who followed him. And that was considered normal. That was considered acceptable. Brothers and sisters, is it possible? Is it possible that with our lens, that we are pursuing things and we're doing things that society considers to be acceptable, that society considers to be even admirable, but in fact are dishonoring to God? Are there things that we're involved in that are just social norms? They seem so casual. Even people would look up to us for it. But in reality, they're against the character of God. The music that we listen to, the videos that we make, the series that we watch, the things that we fill our minds and our hearts with, things that are just a part of the fabric of society that we live in, things that we have grown accustomed to saying it's normal. Is it acceptable in society but unacceptable to God? And maybe in some ways we've forgotten to ask ourselves that question. Maybe we've become so used to normal as society defines it and we've become content with that even though it goes against what God desires. We're told here that Saul was breathing out murderous threats. His essence was against, his character was against God's. And that's what sin is, isn't it? I mean, that's all of us before we knew Jesus. We were enemies of God. But in our actions, are we still doing things that characterize us, that kind of show that in some ways there's still a lot of enmity between us and God in our actions? We're told here that he goes to the high priest, asks for letters to the synagogue, that this man from Tarsus wants to go to Damascus, and he wants to go there to persecute Christians, men and women, no standards, 
No, no, oh, you're, you're a lady, so I'm going to let that slide. Man, woman, it doesn't matter. He was planning on taking them to prison. These are believers. Could you imagine if that happened to us in 2020? If people were knocking on the door because we were a believer to take us to prison. This is what this man was involved in. If we look at verse 3, we see that his journey continues. He's going to arrest Christians. And it says, as he neared Damascus on his journey. So he's almost there. He's almost at his destination. Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice. What does his voice say? This voice says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He's almost there. He's almost at his intended goal. And all of a sudden, there is a moment of divine intervention. He is literally stopped in his tracks by a blinding force, a blinding light that is flashing down from heaven. And who is it? It's Jesus. You know, the funny thing is, guys, Saul was going to arrest Christians, but Right before he gets there, Jesus arrests him. Jesus stops him right in his tracks, and he falls to the ground. You, if you and I are wearing incorrect lenses, something needs to change. It's like for those of you who are glasses wearers, like me, we share the same affliction. We have to pay money to see while there's people who walk around seeing for free. If you have the wrong prescription on, and you need to put on the right one, you have to take the old one off. You have to take the old one off in order to see properly with the right lens and the right prescription. What do I mean by that? Look at what happens when this light flashes down, when this divine intervention happens. We're told that Saul falls to the ground. He's literally knocked off his feet and he's prostrate. He is arrested by the Lord. He's flat on the ground. All of that murderous intent, all that breathing in and breathing out, that aura of murder, of persecution, and of hostility, it's like the wind is literally knocked out of him. And he's fallen on the ground. This is where the journey for a new lens begins. It's on the ground. It's not going to God and saying, here's what I got. What can you add to it? Here's what I'm doing. Can you make my life better? It's laying flat on the ground before him. It's being knocked off of our feet before him, understanding that his light is a blinding light. And we talked a little bit about this last week, didn't we? Just being in awe of God, how something that, that's like, it's something that we're missing. It's something that we're losing sight of, especially if you've grown up in the church. It's something that we're losing. And yet here we see that the lens can only come off when we are struck down to the ground. Our new normal starts here. No bargaining, no arguing, just before the Lord. And maybe for some of us, this is the place that we need to come back to, where we're just before the Lord. We're not standing with our hands raised high, our fists shaking in the air saying, God, why are you doing this? But just before him, with everything falling off, just before the Lord. 
And we see that God, he speaks. Jesus speaks. Why are you persecuting me? You know, I think there's a point of encouragement there. That even though Saul was filled with murderous intent, Jesus still intervenes. He still stops Saul. He still reaches out for him. Have you guys ever been in a place where you feel like you just sinned too much for God? You ever feel like you've just made too many mistakes? That there's just no way you can be redeemed. That there's just no way you can be taken back. That there are just some things in your life that are so dirty, so wretched, and so black. Not only could you not tell anyone else, but you can hardly remind yourself of those deeds. I think we all have things like that. These moments and these things that we have done that make us feel that God can never reach us. But brothers and sisters, look at Saul. Breathing in murderous intent. Desiring to persecute the church. And yet, Jesus arrests him. Stops him and meets him. I think it's a reminder for all of us that there's legit nothing that you have done and there's nothing that you can do that is too, you're never too far gone from God. We just need to be knocked off of our feet to be brought back in our place. And what happens after he's knocked down? What does Saul say? When we look at verse five, he says, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Maybe, maybe that's the question we need to ask. Knocked off of our feet, knocked off of our normal, knocked off of our schedule. Not saying, God, when are you going to fix this? God, when are you going to change this? God, when is digital learning going to end? God, when are my parents going back to work? God, when can I go back to school? When can my life be normal? Instead of that, just saying, who are you, Lord? Saul's asking the right question at this point. Who are you? Who are you, God? Who are you in this place? When we're knocked up for a feet, this is the question that we need to ask. And maybe after this service, maybe in your quiet time tomorrow, your reflection after this, that's the question that needs to be asked is who are you, Lord? Who are you, Jesus? And we see that despite all of this, Jesus responds. And he says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Imagine if you're Saul for a second. You think you're doing the right thing. You're doing the thing that you've been trained up for. You are doing the thing that people have even looked up to you because you do. And all of a sudden you're walking, you get knocked off your feet. And Jesus is like, uh, you're persecuting me. I would melt. I would dissolve into like particles at that point. I would, I would literally just like disintegrate. I would disintegrate. But there's something beautiful here if you're a believer. Why? Because it, it tells us that Saul was breathing out murderous threats, not towards Jesus, but to the Lord's disciples. And yet Jesus says, you're actually persecuting me. Why? Because Jesus identifies with the church, with believers. 
And he's saying, Saul, who you're really attacking is me. And all of a sudden comes the conviction of sin. For us to have a new normal, we need to be knocked up our feet. We need to ask, who are you, Lord? And we need to bring back, the Spirit has to bring back a healthy conviction of our sin. That, hey, how you've been living is actually wrong. What we've been involved in is actually not the way. The way that we've been approaching God or the way we've been approaching life, our goals in life, our satisfactions, our achievements, the things that we are doing, they've actually been not the way. They've been wrong. You know, when I think about all the things that have been taken away, you know, to a certain degree, maybe there's some good in the things that have been taken away. Because the things that we were involved in were things that were promoting sin in our life. Maybe there are things that we were doing that were promoting gossip and slander. Maybe there are things that we were involved in that were promoting greed and self-centered attitudes. I know we want to go back to normal, but is it possible that the normal that we were involved in was just another sinful lens that we were wearing? And even that isn't good enough. What we need is something dramatically different. And that's exactly what Jesus offers Saul. He says in verse 6, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And in verse 7, it tells us, The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. After this interaction, Saul is left blind. A man who is trying to go into Damascus to persecute the church is now blinded and has to be led into Damascus. It's not him who's getting to the destination point, but he has to be led into it. That now that his lens has been removed, he's now blind. But it is in that place that he is free to receive a new lens, a new normal, a new outlook, a new look on what reality is all about. Because he was once a man whose purpose was to persecute the church. But after he meets the Lord, after he's knocked down, after he's blinded, what now? I don't know where you are in your relationship with God, but I think this question rings true for all of us. What now? What will we go to? What will we be involved in? When this is over, are we just going to go back to our old habits? When this is over, are we just going to pursue the same lifestyle? Are we still going to get involved in the same petty things that we always find ourselves getting involved in. If you have had an encounter with Jesus, there can be no going back. If you haven't had an encounter with Jesus, now's the time to ask, who are you, Lord, so that you don't have to go back to the way that you were living. Maybe in this Maybe right now, we're kind of in this blind three-day period, the transition in between. 
But who will we be coming out of this? Will we be no different? Or will something have dramatically changed? Would we have seized this time to meet the Lord, to fall before Him and be repurposed by Him? You know, I told later in the book of Acts that after Saul is restored, he immediately starts preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. So much so that there are people looking at him saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't this the guy who was persecuting the church? And now he's preaching the message of the way? How is this possible? When we get back to normal, will your friends say that about you? Wouldn't it be amazing if they did? Wouldn't it be amazing if they said, whoa, 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 whoa. Is, aren't you the girl? Aren't you the guy who used to do this, talk like this, say this, and be involved in this? How is this possible? It's possible because Saul goes from a man who desires to persecute the church who, and to a man who is now for the church and for the Lord. As we continue quarantine, as we continue this change of life, let's be repurposed, guys. Let's be repurposed so that we don't live life the same. Let's not go back to normal. Let's have a new normal, a normal that is in line with God's purposes for us. Let's take this time to prepare our hearts to be used by him, to be useful to him, to actually make some kingdom impact and some kingdom noise. No matter what happens, guys, let's not make going back to the way things were our goal. But let's make this our goal, the way things can be. And that's the place that we're in right now. And that's the place that I want us to move together. Cool beans? Cool beans. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you repurpose us so that it would just change the way that we view our reality, our lives, Lord, that things would not remain the same and that we wouldn't just go back to what we were involved in before, but we would start involving ourselves in what you desire for us to do and be involved in. Would this time be a useful time of spiritual retooling, of swapping out the way we view our lives, the way we view the world around us, let it fit more and more in line with you. Jesus, would you arrest us on the road? and shift our course towards you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.